Welcome to the Book Hub, an online event space hosted by Luther Seminary. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Faith Lead Book Hub. These are free events for members of the Faith Lead Learning Lab community, during which we hear from authors about their work and how it applies to the lives and ministry of church leaders. Today, we are exploring writing as wonder, slowing down, paying heed, and taking notes with poets Samuel Rayberg and Victor Klamaski. Both of these authors have served in church-related adult education on the graduate school level. And I encourage you to read their bios on the event page for details about retreats and consulting information. In my own writing, I've got three, I call them guiding stars for how I go about my practice. The first is that whatever time I, I make that I have, and making is a very important point, by the way, that um, I wanted to add into this is that um, it's not about finding time and it's not about hoping that something opens up. It is about making time for writing if, there, if the practice is going to take root. But in the time, when, in the time that I, when I look at my time, I have a clear preference for the morning, for the early morning. I'm an early riser. Um, and I find that it's at that time of day that my mind is the least cluttered. Um, I'm fresh, I am clear eyed, and I am able to sit with a text. I'm able to sit with a writing task much more free than if I would try to do it uh, before bedtime or in midday. The second star is that I pay attention uh, to the readings in morning prayer. It's a great source for me. Of, of insights and ideas, any notes that I'm making as I do my reading or the course of a, of a day, of a week, um, a line that intrigues me, intrigues me or something from a conversation that has come back uh, to uh, extend my imagination and my own curiosity. I'm also mindful after this long, um, period of writing daily is that um, there are themes. And I think those of you who are active writers realize that, that you, there are some themes that uh, began around which you began to galvanize your writings. And uh, there are themes that, that I am very mindful of that are important in my recognition of grace in my life journey. Uh, for example, dawn has become a, a mystical time of day. Uh, that draws me across any internal chaos and brooding that's going on uh, to behold the wonder of God's creation, whether it's on the North Shore, in the forest at St. John's, or looking out of my condo window. And there's something about dawn that assures me of God's abiding presence. And I try to capture that in this poem called um, Brilliant Moment. Morning. This brilliant moment, morning, is a new text. What was written in dust has been washed away. Every leaf, every blade of grass shimmers a fresh message. 
Even the brooding pond now shines bright and clear in quiet proclamation. This brilliant morning longs for a song, a canticle whose gentle cadence slides across the slick blue lake and slips into the forest. There, every tree joins the chorus, passes the song branch to branch. Deer, hearing it pause, count the beat and then leap, twigs snapping to the rhythm. This brilliant morning makes us stop mid-sentence, forget last night's argument, and turn hearts racing toward the source of light. I'm being persuaded by the fact that I've made three stumbles on brilliant morning, and I wanna say moment that perhaps my muse is saying, Victor, one more revision of this well-revised poem is in order. That's one of the fun parts of revision, by the way. I've also become a keenly aware that um, from my conversations arise ideas that linger in my imagination. And one that really stands out for me that I'd like to share with you is that not too long ago, I was talking with an older friend of mine who was uh, speaking about forgiveness and described how she believed intellectually um, all the admonitions and gospel teachings about forgiveness. But what do I do, she asked, when anger is buried in my bones and resists what my lips say? I found the question provocative and carried it for some time uh, until I could find the words, right? And that's what writing does. It helps us to find the words for these intuitions, these these feelings that we have that's been provoked by something. I wanted to describe her dilemma because it was a dilemma that I could relate to, that, there, that while we say the words of forgiveness, there is something in our bodies that's harboring uh, yet uh, a grief. And so shadow of forgiveness is my effort to take that conversation and where it led me and what it did for me to try to understand this phenomenon that I think others probably share with you. Shadow of forgiveness. Sermons about forgiveness issue a somber altar call, inviting our mind's ascent. We nod at its wisdom, enumerate its value, and admire its practice. We savor this conviction until we face a deep wound, a wound that never healed a harbored slur, a broken trust, a thoughtless betrayal that left anger dormant in our bones. This battle of mind and marrow bewilders us who rely on reason to keep us to the righteous path where our best selves prevail, not this sudden hardening of heart and instant replay of resentment. Forgiveness demands close attention, a conscious act of choosing day by day, moment by moment, especially when a wound we long thought healed suddenly, surprisingly, reopens. Finally, my writing helps me pay attention uh, to what I'm learning about the journey itself. I'm just completing a, a new collection of poems. Um, 
I say it is my last one just because of my actuarials. But um, what I'm noticing as I go through this, this manuscript again and again and again is how much, how many of my poems are about the journey, about the progress, the lack of progress. Um, and, uh, and the discouragement that my progress is not golden, is not, does not fulfill some um, ideal that I have in the back of my mind. Um, and and it, what I'm discovering is that, that my ego very often gets in the way, is that I have this golden notion of how I should be. And I have, at the same time, this wonderfully honed agility uh, to ignore lessons that I thought I learned. So in Mistaken Identity, the poem that is one of, of a volume of poems on this process, I try to sort that through of what does it mean to continue at this and to discover again and again um, what you thought you had already learned and incorporated into how you approach life. Mistaken Identity. If you think a stone, an apple, why the shock when you break a tooth? Or if you assume the locked door, a curtain of glass beads, will the bump on your forehead come as a surprise or mystery? When you pretend to be your false self, will the deceit leave you embarrassed? A butterfly cannot be a crow. A pond has no claim to dry land. And your soul, uniquely formed, can only inhabit the history you are and the body wherein it dwells. This event, this wonderful invitation that Sam and I received to think together about this and to think with you and to offer you some ideas um, has been a, 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 a equally an invitation for me to think about what I have learned and try to name it um, and, and to give it some, some direction. And so I think in terms of what's my best advice. I work with writers now and, and uh, uh, do some creative uh, workshops and creative writing. So here's the best advice that I probably would offer in a succinct fashion. The first is to show up, is to write with enough regularity that it actually begins a habit. Um, and enough is an important word. Again, you can create a false standard that Oh, I should write every day for an hour in a little room upstairs with a candle, you know, a cup of tea, um, etc. It is not so much the amount of time, I believe, as the regularity of time, of giving yourself permission to come back again and again to this act of writing. And whether it's writing writing by hand, which is by preference, or uh, you know, we're much more facile now with keyboards. It is just to be doing that, to be making words and to going through that process of, 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 of moving from here um, uh, to text. The second is to take notes. Uh, we read a lot, wide variety of things from the daily paper uh, to spiritual reading to um, um, our leisure reading of all sorts. And um, I am finding, 
and now I don't think this is a this is a fact of age, but I am finding that I'll notice something and say, "Gosh, that's wonderful! I really I bet you I could use that sometime when I'm trying to write a poem." And and you know it's gone. And so I've gotten into the habit of writing of keeping a note um, or dog earing a a page on on a book and then coming back later and writing it by hand in my in my note keeping book so that I have a realization of why I. I, I took I took uh, I took note of, of that particular idea. The third um, piece of advice is uh, to write for yourself first. The inner editor that um, we all know about and we all struggle with loves to tell us, well, why would anybody want to see this that you're writing? And um, I've worked with too many writers now to realize how crippling that is. And uh, someone told me that, again, just recently, a young writer, is that um, you write first for yourself to be able to see what you're thinking, to be able to describe and define the perspective that is emerging around something that has been brewing within, within you. There may come a time in which you say, well, this, this might have value for someone else. But if you write first for yourself, then you're being, you're being faithful to your truth. And you are doing what you can do to be able to shape and give uh, to enflesh what it is that is stirring in your heart. And the, the fourth point is the first point and it's always the point that I think needs to come back again and again, is to be grateful for the gift, however the gift shows up. You know, I have worked with writers who just simply dazzle me, and I think, well, you know, really, why am I facilitating this workshop? I am in the company of giants. Um, it is not about how magnificent and uh, wonderful your gift is. It is the fact that it is a gift that there is something within you that motivates you to, to write about an experience, to describe your feelings, to make connections between what you believe and trust and the practices and the uh, activities of daily life. And there is, I think it's that sense of gratitude that tames your internal editor and encourages a person um, uh, to, be gentler with themselves and to appreciate that this is a process, uh, not a run for a Pulitzer Award. So um, we're hoping that this, uh, this very brief hour of time with us uh, is an opportunity for those of you who are with us to, to be more intentional about your writing practice or to engage your current writing practice with greater vigor and commitment. So I wanna ask you to look once more at uh, what you've written up to this point, that initial idea of what caught your attention and then the reflections questions that Sam gave you. And uh, I want you to consider, we're gonna give you five minutes for this because it takes a little bit of time to shape this. We want you to consider how you might expand it or, or use it as the basis of a story or sermon or, or for a poem. There are a number of you who are poets or a brief essay, an article for 
the bulletin or for our newsletter. To take the time just to sit with it and um, to let it speak to you and to engage you in that conversation that I think writing eventually does. Because here's what happens when you write a draft and you come back to it and you look at it and you think, oh, this is not, this is not quite what I hope to have accomplished. Pay attention because very often our drafts help us to see where we, where we really need to go. Is that even in what um, Annie Lamott calls a crappy draft, there is something there that is asking, asking to be heard and being re respectful of what that voice is that can lead you elsewhere. So I'm gonna set my timer here for five minutes and um, have you just reflect on what you've written today and where it may be leading you and what you might like to do with it. I would encourage you to take the sheet of paper that you have written on today and put it aside someplace where you'll come back to it in two or three days and to look at it and to read it thoughtfully about what it might be saying to you, where it might be leading you as you think about using writing as a spiritual practice, as a way of, of monitoring, tracking, and naming your own internal journey. In this exercise uh, Victor gave us, I found it was one of those moments where um, I was surprised by how I was taken back into a moment. And I thought, maybe I'll just make a couple notes to myself. And next thing I know, I was in the middle of sentences, not noticing that Victor was still muted. So it's a beautiful thing when the words can, uh, can carry us away. I wonder for you, uh, if there was something that surprised you in the process. And I'd invite you to just drop that into the chat, if so. Something that surprised you, or maybe something, as uh, some of you have noted, that really resonated uh, for you, uh, like Leanne's uh, 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 resonance with the agility to avoid what uh, she thought she had already learned. They're, um, they're rousing series of amens about the first hour of the day. Those kinds of things resonate with our own experience of writing, whatever form that's taken. While you're thinking about that, I'll, uh, I'll uh, share with you one, uh, one more gift that, that Victor and I have. Oh, here's one as a uh, value of writing an acrostic when I could not write in sentences. Yes, you're playing with your words. You're engaging the moment without any, um, uh, without as much pressure of uh, form or expectation for how the words need to flow for you. You've, you've found your own writing voice, right? The own, your own way of entering the process. Uh, as Victor and I were uh, considering how we might uh, encourage you one final time to uh, experiment with writing as a doable spiritual practice, we were looking for a way to invite you into an experiment that could fit in your ordinary everyday lives in many different forms of writing and attention. And we hope you might find uh, uh, something useful in this kind of an idea. And it's Lent, so the idea of taking up a practice just fits, feels right at home, doesn't it? 
a doable practice experiment. The first thing, as Leanne invited us to do from the very beginning, is to find your stack of paper, a notebook, uh, could be something hand-sized, but something that's easy to carry because this is a practice on the go. Uh, maybe it's a little notebook that you can slip in your back pocket or your vest. Uh, find a notebook that's easy for you to take with you. And my wife always gives me a hard time because I'm never without at least three pens. Then for two weeks, 14 consecutive days, just practice slowing down and paying attention. Watch for those things that stir within you or as Victor uh, uh, modeled, the things that you encounter throughout the day, those quotes, the readings, the conversations, and jot some notes. Doesn't have to be complex and certainly don't give over to that voice about editing and assessing what you're trying to notice in real life. The point is that we are living, watching for the presence of God, the moments of grace in real life. And we're just taking notes so that we can remember that. At the end of each of those 14 days, just give thanks for whatever the spirit helped you notice in the day, right? That's Victor's final point from his best advice about gratitude. Just practice being grateful for whatever it was that you noticed. Then at the end of 14 days, thumb back through those notes. You don't have to create something marvelous. You don't have to make a project out, out, out of it. But at the end of the 14 days, look back over that collection of noticings and see what they're telling you. What invitations do they hold? What kinds of questions or um, themes, as Victor pointed to, are they bringing forward for you? And then keep writing into them see where they take you. Well, we thank you for coming together around this experience of uh, writing with whatever kind of writer we are, whether it's occasional or aspirational or professional, that, that the practice of trying to wrap language around our experience does help us slow down, pay attention, and uh, in, embrace those moments of grace that are uh, all around us each and every day. But we hope that something in the uh, time that we've had today has uh, refreshed that sense of calling to you to pay attention in the moment. And uh, we look forward to seeing how the uh, experiment over the next 14 days un unfolds for you. Victor's gonna uh, close us with a, a poem of his own. Uh, this one called Natural Wonders. Natural Wonders. The earth is an endless tale told anew day after day with wonders so grand they can leave us speechless. The faithfulness of sunrise, the steadfastness of the wind, the deliberation of crows at first light, a cantata of bees at work in fields of crimson clover, the castanet dance of crickets against fur across furrowed rows of hay. We take for granted the oratory that booms from a summer storm as lightning scrawls its name across the blackened sky. Weary when dusk comes, we fall into the arms of the purpling silence as day sweeps away, leaving the land hushed under the soft narration of a starlit night. <laughs>